If you would please open your Bibles to the Gospel according to Mark, chapter number 5. I'm going to read one passage of Scripture to you in Mark's Gospel, then we'll flip over to Luke's Gospel, chapter number 15. The topic the Lord has dealt with me about this week for several weeks now is the thought He ran. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5 and verse 6 says, But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and he worshipped. And then in Luke's Gospel, chapter number 15, and in verse number 20, And he arose and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, and he had compassion, and he ran. He fell on his neck, and he kissed him. Let's bow for prayer, please. Father, I pray your blessings upon the reading of your word, and I ask God for the enablement to stand and Proclaim your truth today to your wonderful people. Father, may the Holy Spirit take control of this service today. May, Father, we see perhaps souls that may be here that are lost. Father, may we point them to the only hope, and that's to run. Run to Jesus. Father, maybe there's one here today, one of your children, that has wandered. And we know that your word teaches us we are all like sheep. We're prone to wander. I pray, Father, that you might give strength and give wisdom, compassion in the words that I say today. And may the Holy Spirit take those words and cause that wayward child of yours to run. Father, we give you glory and we give you thanks already for what you're going to do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I've got a card here that I want to read to you uh, before we get into the message. And it's a card from our sister Joyce Redenire. And it says, knowing people nice as you give life a brighter touch. And so to each and all of you, thanks very, very much. Thank you for all your thoughts and prayers. I love you all. Miss Joyce Ridner. we love you too, sir. These passages of Scripture that I read to you this morning, a few months back, my son had introduced me to a song that was entitled, The Only Time That God Ran. And I prayed about that and I thought about it and I couldn't get it out of my heart and soul. 
and I come to the, I guess, the reality of knowing that, well, God, maybe you're dealing with me about preaching a message on running. So that's where I'm at this morning. And I pray these, these words that I'll say today may be a help to someone here this morning. Who knows? Uh, I think you all understand and know that I believe that nobody's here by accident today. I think we're all here by purpose. I don't think God does anything just spur of the moment. I think He has a plan. So I pray that these words would fit right into the plan of God for your life as they have mine. These two verses have a measure of likeness and, and hopefully we can explain those to you. The, the demon legion, he's called. We see this man runs to Jesus. He was afar off. And we see in these other passages in Luke's Gospel, chapter number 15, how that the father runs to the prodigal son who was also afar off. They do, however, and even though they show some differences here, there's some likenesses also as well. And those likenesses and the differences show sort of our actions toward the Lord as well as His actions toward us. And from these two, I pray, I hope that I'm able to show a blended lesson, if you will, that we may learn here today. First off, I'd like for us to examine the sinner's place. Now, I'm sure that in a lot of places, in a lot of churches, and in our society today, that word sinner is not accepted too much. They say it's too harsh. People don't like it. If you call them sinners, you've turned them off right there. But that's what the Bible calls it. So that's what I'm going to call it. Because that's what I am. Sinner. The sinner's place. We notice in both passages of Scripture, with Legion as well as the prodigal son, they, as you and I, at one time, were far off. We're far away and in the sinner's mind and in their understanding of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, He's afar off from them. And as well, He is afar, the sinner is, from Him. As to the character of each one, of Legion and of the prodigal son, There's a great difference, if you will, between the demonic legion and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you read the text verses, you'll find out that this legion was one that was bound with chains. He was bound with fetters. He was bound with all types of means from mankind. And yet he would break them asunder. They couldn't hold him. We find that he... He dwelt among the tombs. He dwelt among the dead. Night and day, screaming and in torment. You too, probably in your life, have been tried and you've 
bound yourself with chains of religion, things of thing, things that people have told you that you can do that will help you out to bring you to God. Perhaps you too here this morning may be chained with a fetter of thinking that your water baptism may give you a right entrance to God. Perhaps you think that maybe because of your church membership or your good morality. Perhaps it's because you think, well, you know, I've done all these things. I've dedicated myself to these different virtues of the church. But what you're going to find out in and of yourself, in your nature, these type things are merely chains that your human nature will one day burst asunder. Just like they did with Legion. The character of Legion was, he had no hope. Just as we, at one time, had no hope. The character of the prodigal son, you'll find that he was raised in a good home. He had a good father. And one day he just decided, you know, I think there's greener pastures on the other side. Have any of us ever thought that way? That this thing of church and religion, it's all well and good. But you know, I think there's something better. There's a higher experience for me to have. So Father, what I want is for you to just give me everything that is entitled to me of the, of the estate here. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to go my way. I'm going to do my own thing, so to speak. We find here that the character of this prodigal son is wayward. He starts to, to go farther and farther and farther away from the Father's presence. He finds himself in a far country. And a great famine takes over that country. And after everything that he has, he finds himself, let's call it at the proverbial end of your rope. You've got nowhere else to turn. That's where this prodigal was. He joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he fed the swine. He ate the husk that the swine did eat because he was starving. That was the character. Wayward, wanting, starving, away from home, away from his father's presence. Legion, on the other hand, in the dark, among the dead, ravaging with fetters, and chains. Can you relate? Have you ever been in that situation? In your lost condition, found yourself bound? In your saved condition, but cold and, and wandering condition, found yourself far from your Father? That's where they were. They were afar off. As to the knowledge, their character, quite different. As to knowledge, Legion knew who Jesus was. Remember in the text verses of, Matthew, of Mark's Gospel chapter 5, whenever Jesus got off the ship and He headed into the land of the gatherings, we find here that Legion meets Him. He comes down out of the mountain, out of the tombs, and He says, Jesus, 
Thou Son of God. He knew Him. Lost people in the world today know of Jesus. You may be here in this congregation this morning. You may know Jesus. You may know the person of Jesus. You may know the good works that Jesus has done. You may know a lot of things about the historical Jesus, just as this legion did. He knew who He was. He's seen Him afar off. Let me tell you something this morning, child of God. Unless you know Jesus in a personal, saving way, you don't know Jesus. Unless you've met Jesus, the One who bled, suffered, and died on a cruel cross in your place. And that's how you got to know Him. He died in your place. He suffered the marks and the bruises and the beatings and the spittings and the mockings that you and I deserve. That's how you got to know Him today. You can know the historical Jesus. You can know the miracles that He did. You can do know all the good things that He done. But unless you know the Jesus on the cross at His death, buried and risen and set it at the right hand of God the Father making intercession today, you don't know Him. And I beg you get to know Him today. The prodigal, he knew his father. He knew his, his, his great kindness of his father, but he had yet not experienced the great forgiving, ever loving mercy of his father. We find the prodigal in a place where he says, I've gone so far. I've done so much. I've been so evil. I've backslidden so far that God will never take me back. He won't have me anymore. But you see, the prodigal didn't understand the great love and mercy and forgiveness of his father. You may be hearing that situation today. I don't know your hearts. I don't know your lives. I don't read your mail. But I can tell you, that we we do go astray sometimes. And what we must understand and realize is I don't care how far in the world you've sunk. I don't, I don't care how in debt of sin you've went. The Father is still waiting. He's waiting and He's looking for you to come home. Right now. He knew his father, but he didn't know the depth of the love of his father. He didn't know the forgiveness that his father had. As to hope, we've looked at the character of the two. We've looked at the knowledge of the two. We know that they're both, in like manner, they're both places they were far off. How about the hope? The hope the man possessed with the devil had little. There's no hope. Men had tried to bind him. They tried to calm his troubled mind. His torn spirit within him. And yet he had bust him aside. 
You may be here this morning. Like I said, I don't know your hearts. I don't know your lives. But you may be wrestling today as Legion was. Legion had this spirit with inside of him saying, yes, I know, that's Jesus right there. I know what He's done. I've heard of the miracles that He's done. I've heard of the good things that He's done. I've heard of all about Him. But then, just like Satan is within you right now, it's battling you and telling you, what have we to do with you? Don't have anything to do with this man. The demons themselves spoke out against our Lord and says, what have we to do with you, Jesus? Don't torment us any longer. That's what's going on in a lost person's mind as the Spirit of God is drawing them and bringing them to a place of repentance. Satan is trying to quench that thought. That thought. You don't need Jesus. Sure, go down. Shake the preacher's hand. Put your name on a church road. Baptize yourself in water. That's fine. Satan, let me tell you something, church. And let me say this with all humility of heart. You may be here this morning and you may be a good moral person. You may be a religious person. You may know what it is to be baptized. You may know what it is to read your Bible. Let me tell you something. Satan does not care how religious you get. He just don't want you to be saved. He don't want you under the blood of Christ. That's what Legion was going to. His mind was tossed and torn. His spirit was ripped within him as he looked at the Lord Jesus Christ as these legions. And that word legion there means up to 6,000 different demons. Sinner, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, don't rest in religion. Rest only in the Savior. Much like Legion, the prodigal. The prodigal. Get the picture. Get the picture. He's wasted all of his father's inheritance that was his. Pretty much when they asked for something like that, they were pretty much saying, Dad, I wish you was dead. Go ahead and give me what belongs to me. So he did. I can see in my, in my mind's eye as that prodigal one day says, I'm going to gather everything that's mine. And I'm going to go to a far country. As he's walking out the door, out the gate, you can see that father in behind him, walking behind him, begging with him, don't leave. Don't leave until the son turns around and says, go back. I'm going my own way. That prodigal goes so far, wastes everything that he has. He's down in the hog pen. He's down there. See? While back at home, there the father is. He's on his front porch. And he's watching down the road. He's watching. You know why he's watching? Because of omniscience. Because of grace. Because of endless love and mercy. He says, my boy's coming back. I'm waiting on him. I'm looking down that dusty road. 
one day he's going to be coming back. He's going to be coming back. Now I hadn't, I hadn't experienced anything like that in my life. I remember a few years back my boy decided he wanted to go to the Navy. Teresa and I couldn't walk by Hallmark right unless we cried. But I knew my boy was coming back. And he did. He come back. And you know today, if you're here in this service this morning and you've wandered, you've gotten cold and indifferent, Perhaps you too have walked out and said, I don't think I'm going to have anything to do with church anymore. That pastor down there, those deacons down there, those members down there, the bunch of hypocrites, I ain't have nothing to do with them. Good, that's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Let me tell you something. The Father is waiting on you. Waiting on you to come home. He's looking down the road. That road you went. That road he followed you down until you told him to go back. He's waiting on that dusty road for you to come home. There is hope. You may feel like you don't have any hope because of things you've done, places you've been, acquaintances you've made, mistakes. I'm going to tell you what. Just like that father of the prodigal, our great God and heavenly father is waiting on you. The sinner's place is far off. The sinner's privilege he saw Jesus. Thank God for seeing Jesus. This much you who are here today and you're still under the influences of Satan in your lost condition, in your act of denial, and you're saying, Oh, oh, you know, I'm 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 religious. I know who Jesus is. At least you're able to see Jesus. Because when you see Jesus, all there's hope. You know him. There is such a person. Yeah, sure. He's able to cast out powers of evil. He's even able to save you. And the sinner's wisest decision. I hope I'm not offending anybody by calling a sinner, but we all. Sinner's wise decision is this. Just like old Legion, when he seen Jesus, what did he do? He ran. If there's any advice I can give you today, you who may be here today, you may be religious, you might be a church member, but you don't know Jesus as your Savior. If there's any advice 
This old preacher can give you. Run. Run to Jesus. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Run to Him. Just like that prodigal. Look at the difference here. We see here, now let me say this, there's never anything in Scripture that is just in there for filler. Every place Jesus went, He went in accordance to God's counsel and foreordained plan. It was no accident that day for Him to get off that ship in the place that He did and go into the land of the Gadarenes and go into that place where that legion was at. Nor was it any, any chance or luck of anything like that that caused Him to go into Jericho that day and see a little man sitting up in a sycamore tree by the name of Zacchaeus. Nor was it a chance or luck or that He sat beside that well where that woman met Him that day. Nor is it a chance or luck that you are here today. Did you know that we have a special guest that's with us today? And that's our Lord Jesus. He's by here today. That old legion run. And he run to Jesus. He run to the right place. Now the prodigal Quite different. The prodigal one day just thought, ah, I'm, I'm starving to death, but back at my father's house, there's plenty. Here's what I'll do. He devises his plan. And that's what we do sometimes when we're out of the, out of the will of God and we're backslidden in a condition. Well, here's what I'll do. I'll, you know, I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to go to church this Sunday and then I'm going to ease back into it. You know, I'll get myself in the right position and maybe God will accept me back. You know, ain't that what we do? Sure it is. That prodigal, he says, my father's got a lot of food. I'll just go back. I'm not worthy to be called his son anymore. I'll just be a servant. Here he goes. He's going down that dusty road that he left on. Remember what I told you? The father is looking down. That road. He's watching. And while his son is a great way afar off, the father rises and he looks and he runs. Picture it. The father is running toward his son. So how did he know? How did he know? Well, let me, let me say this. When Jeremy was in the Navy, we went to Great Lakes to see him graduate from camp, boot camp, I guess you call it, wasn't it, son? I knew my son way off because I could tell the way he walked, the way he structured himself. There he is. You know, God knows us in that same way. And he's looking for you. And he's running. Picture the Father running toward you. You who are cold and indifferent. He's running. What does He do? He doesn't give His Son a chance to say, I'm sorry. I've done wrong. He grabs Him. Hugs Him. Kisses Him. He says, bring a robe, a ring, and shoes and put them on Him. But this is my Son that was dead. 
and he's alive again. He says, bring that fatted calf. That's a calf that's been put up and ready for a certain day there, Jared. Has God got the fatted calf ready for you to come back? That's the smartest decision that a sinner can ever make is run. Don't wait. Run to Jesus. He ran toward Him. He embraced Him. And He kissed Him. And the hope of the sinner, Father saw Him. Just as Jesus saw the legion, the next picture we get of legion, He's not in fetters, He's not in chains, He's not racked in turmoil, and His mind not twisted, and His spirit not torn, but He's seated. That's a picture of rest. He's seated, He's clothed, and He's in His right mind. You see, Jesus can do what nobody else can. I don't care what you're looking for today to make your peace with God. The only way to make peace with God is through His Son, Lord Jesus Christ. The prodigal in the same token, his father runs to him. He sees him. Did you know something? That before you ever sought or seen Him, He's seen you. He's seen you. And He's waiting for you. The actions of the Father is He runs. He falls on Himself. Great, such great condescension that the great God of this universe would condescend, bring Himself low and have compassion on somebody like me. To run, fall on me, and kiss me. Swift. He didn't walk. He ran. You don't have to talk God into saving you. You don't have to talk God into restoring you. He's ready. And He'll quickly do it. He runs. Just as a magnet. You take a needle out here. And you dangle that needle. And you take a magnet. And you pull that magnet closer and closer and closer. What does that needle do? It draws it. My Bible teaches me in John chapter 6 and verse number 44 that no man, no man can come unto the Father. Unto, the, unto me unless the Father which has sent me draw him. My question to you this morning is the Holy Spirit of God drawing you? Whether it's a drawing to salvation or it's a drawing to renewal and restoration, a revival of that cold heart, is He drawing you today? When my children were very small, I don't know how she did it. I, I don't know how Teresa did it. My children, I think before they ever whimpered, she was on her way to them. 
I think it was just something inside of her for for our children that before they ever whimpered, she was on her way. And you know, God is quick to restore His children even before they cry to Him. Before they ever whimper. Is the Spirit of God drawing you like that needle in a magnet? Because God's great love is greater than a mother's love for her children in restoration and the salvation of His children. My question to you today is this. Whether you're the legion or whether you're prodigal, run. Run to Christ. The sin that is within you and Christ that is before you, eternity that is before you as well, hell is beneath and heaven's above. Run, run, run to Jesus now. While we stand.